Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome back to part two, chat with Bimini. Highly recommend it. If you haven't heard part one, that's on the feed. What else have I got to tell you? I'm still in a car park. Um, that's the main, that's the main, um, the headline here. It's wall to wall glamour, people. See, I was good in school, mm-hmm. just a bit rebellious after. <laughs> right, talk me through that. As a teenager, we, I started smoking quite young. So I was I like start, 14. I started smoking when I was 13. Yeah. Like, I remember trying it at 13. I didn't take it in for about six months. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, then after school, like, we'd go out and, and drink in the parks and stuff. <laughs> and I discovered charity shops when I was about 15 and realised, because this was, like, it's so funny, the culture of, like, that that time of, like, every Friday night, everyone would save up their dinner money. Yeah. And, like, the girls would, like, go to River Island to buy a new outfit to go down the park. And then I realised I could do that in a charity shop for a lot cheaper. Yeah. And I'd wear, like, moth-eaten fur coats and, like, ripped fishnets. And I discovered, like, Vivian Westwood and fashion and started really kind of um, getting into that, that side of things. And I think that was a form of rebellion for me because mm. I was in a small town mm. and people would shout stuff out the window and I'd just shout back. I mean, yes. But, um, yeah. <laughs> But this is in Norfolk, right? Yeah. And whereabouts in Norfolk was it? Great Yarmouth. Okay. So there's not a lot of kids rolling around town like that in Great Yarmouth, I imagine. No, there was a couple of, there was a few in the couple of years older that were in college at the Mm. time when I was still in high school. I remember me and my friend Emily were like obsessed with them because they just, we just thought they were the coolest, but people would laugh at them and think that they were like, weird but i just remember seeing that there was a like a, a guy and a girl and they'd walk around together and they'd like have basically the same style and that's when i really mm. saw like androgyny in a way he's wearing like feminine clothing she's wearing like blade like men's blazers and i saw that and was like this is cool wow like this is different and that's yeah i realize it's not that different but <laughs> yeah well it's not represented though is it no but seeing that in a small town that was like a queer awakening. I remember also having a queer awakening outside the Hollywood cinema in Great Yarmouth. I was about 14. I yeah. saw this guy called Jake Gallagher, who's now an incredible hair, hair oh, stylist. Yeah, yeah. Hair stylist for the stars. Yeah. And um, they were just in this like tartan kind of Westwood get up with this bleached blonde quiff. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. Wow. And do you know Jake now? And yes. See... And I've told them that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But Emily was your friend who very sadly died, right? Is that right? That's Ellie. Ellie. Yes. Yeah. But that was a huge influence for you growing up and created 
a lot of your propulsion, I remember you saying, as to why you do kind of what you do. Is yeah, right? Ellie was like very, a person that was very, she was like wise beyond her years. Mm. And she was just so kind and about everyone. And we, that's, I think we were very similar when we would like stand up for people mm. together because like she used to stand up for me before we really kind of knew each other, like mm. the 12, 13, when all the kids were like, older guys because I used to be able to do the splits and they would tell me that I didn't have testicles because I could do the splits which is just stupid but <laughs> at the time I was like upset yeah. and then Ellie would always stand up for me and that's why we got so, so close and um Ellie wasn't as like that's outrageous nice. with the dressing as as me and Emily were but um Ellie yeah Ellie was just a very kind soul wise beyond her years so were you bullied I don't know if it's bullying because I never felt like a victim mm -hmm. so I always felt like I just brushed it off in a way, you know, right. like I never like went home and was upset by it. Like it never really offended me too much because I always knew that I wanted to do more and go to London and do things. Right. So I didn't feel like so much like a victim as such. Yes. And also because of the friends I was with and I was like always quite a bit like happy go lucky and stuff. So it didn't really upset me. I don't think like at that time, but then I did rebel and start smoking and drinking and everything quite yes. young. But I don't know if that was just peer pressure or I was like hiding stuff. You know, often people say if people are rebellious or a bit gobby, mm. it's like hiding something. Yeah. Do you think that's the case with you though? I don't know. I think like I was never necessarily gobby. Mm. I think I was more, I hated arguing. Oh, interesting. Like, I remember having a fight down the park when I was 14. Everyone went to after school and I was what, scrappy. I got named Scrappy Doo. But I, cause I didn't know how to fight. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't want to be fighting. But that was with the, like, the hot guy in the school who right. was, like, um, all the girls fancied and his family were, like, I don't know, the, the like, kind of, gangsters of he called it a fight you called it a date yeah well we <laughs> did end up sleeping together but that's a couple of years later <laughs> but this is what i mean it was funny but like things like that it never weirdly I, at the time i don't think it ever really upset me mm. like i never went home crying about things or like scared to go out i was very much still like people said shit mm. whatever interesting Belle Priestley from Heartstopper was talking about this, about being bullied at school and then, and really badly bullied at school for her transness. And then she was talking about, I want to get it right because I don't want to incriminate anyone. She she was saying that like many of the boys who were mean to her have then tried to get, get mm. with her. What's that about? Because it happens all yeah. the time. It's happened throughout my entire teens and like, even like, but then the the person I'm talking about won't name names because I don't want to incriminate. But I, <laughs> that happened and we had this like sordid affair. Right. And um, then we met up like years later and they came to London and I was just so turned off by it. Right. Because it was this like, at the time at 16, I was like, this is cool, this is hot. Yeah. But as I got older and I like, I guess I respected myself a lot more. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd found myself a lot more because also like I was out, but I was finding out who I was and exploring my sexuality. When I met them in my early 20s in like their hotel room in London, I was like, this is this is not it for me. Yeah. Like this, like there's a lot that you need to work on. Yes. And like you're hiding something. I'm not like a, I'm not a dirty little secret, you know? Like, yes. I'm, yeah, you're not getting this candy. <laughs> That's so good. So did you leave? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Because you do take the crumbs when you're that age, when you're younger, you're like that person 
is is interested in me therefore i should react but also i i'm talking about my own experience here as well like that person who really subscribes to the binary and is winning at the binary which i wish i was mm. you're like they're they're the ultimate goal yeah for them exactly. to like me i think there's a lot of like queer fear or queer shame in yeah. this because i felt at that time that i could tell anyone mm. that we were doing this like and i was 16 years old and i'm not allowed to tell people and i thought that that was it you know mm. like i was understanding okay well i and anyone that was like messaging and and guys that were messaging it was all very secretive mm. and i thought i guess there's a lot of t tr like um shame around that mm. so as a queer person you think that's all you deserve yeah. so it wasn't until i came to london and really got a bit older and then started kind of meeting more queer people i realized mm. that that wasn't the case mm. i think that's why there's 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 so much homophobia that's internalized within our own community mm. because people don't want to be seen as queer i guess for a lot of people or that queer yeah or that queer and yeah they'll they can hide it and they'll be passable or whatever that means mm. um and they're not like and then but i will also add that the thing that i found really interesting about doing a podcast where we talk about this stuff in all its different forms is when we say something like that people then write in going but i'm not that i remember one of our listeners wrote in and said i'm a queer man i don't know how they identified i think it was i'm a gay man mm -hmm. And I actually really like playing rugby. And it's not because I've got internalized homophobia. It's just because that's what I like doing. Mm -hmm. Whereas I can be a bit flippant about that. And I'm like, stop trying to live up to stereotypes. But tell me about non-binariness and the first time you felt that feeling, which I imagine didn't have a name when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. But tell me about that because we have so many non-binary listeners and it's not covered enough. And I think that conversation you had with Ginny on Drag Race, mm -hmm. where you both spoke about non-binariness, and you defined that conversation, which I thought was lovely, where you said, normally it's a conversation where one person is saying it's real, or one person is saying it's not real. And it was just two non-binary people saying, yeah. just sharing their thoughts. But from the age of zero, like, when did that journey, how did that journey go for you? I, very young, was into dancing and... Mm. I wasn't straight away taken by like the stereotypical male things that were happening, right? Mm. And for people that are, that's that's totally fine, and it's it's completely valid. But I felt invalidated because I was wanting to dance and do do so many different things and putting these girl groups together and we're dancing around and I was into things that were seen as as more feminine yeah. and as I got older I under, I always I always had this feeling that I was different like I always and I, I know people say it but I always felt like it doesn't matter what I am as long as I'm happy and stay true to me like it doesn't matter what I wear and as I got older I realized that's it doesn't matter what I wear what I, how I present it's all about how I feel inside and mm. as I understood fashion a lot more I used that as a tool to kind of explore and uh, defy the conventional idea of what it was to be masculine mm. and that first started weirdly in like I think top man and buying like the really super skinny jeans and right. I was like not many people were doing that at that time and I was getting bit of shit for it I think like I guess it's bullying in a way but it was like people like oh what you, like what are you wearing and as I got as I started exploring that a lot more I realized that 
I didn't understand why society creates these these ideals for everyone to fit in because it mm. puts so much pressure and like the straight lads in my school giving banter to each other for someone wearing like a leather bat like a leather sports bag because it was right. more feminine. It's like why are we why are we policing what people are wearing or how they want to present because you're you're just so worried about the perception of yourself. Yes. And as I understood that as I got older and I went to East London and, and I was surrounded by drag in, in bars and and seeing these performers, large and life characters, I was like, okay, I'm at home here mm. and it doesn't matter what I am or who I am. Mm. Like I've, I've got family here, I'm, I'm protected, I feel safe. Mm. And I think in East London at around the time of like 2016, 17, when I started drag, I started using that as a tool because I had just gone traveling and I was, at the time, I was like wearing kind of really primary bright colors and mm. um, quite rainbow vibes. I was going through like my hippie ray of light era. and um, <laughs> But I had like bright blue beard and green and I was like wearing colorful, colorful eyeshadow, like really colorful. Um, I hated it now looking back at what I was wearing because <laughs> we, uh, we all have mistakes. Just look at my Getty images, fucking hell. But um, <laughs> I, sorry, I swore. But yeah, I um, started going out and being with a lot more queer people who were talking about their experience of gender. And that's when I first heard non-binary. And before yeah. that, I thought gendered non-conforming. I was mm. like, I don't want to kind of put myself into a category. I just want to be who I want to be. Um, and I think no one had to come out to each other mm. in East. Like no one had to say that. So I didn't really yeah. ever have to say it to anyone. And what I realized as the conversation has progressed since Drag Race even, mm. that my whole existence growing up, my whole childhood, everything I ever stood for, wanted to stand for was about not putting myself in a box mm -hmm. and not categorizing myself. And then what I've actually realized now is non-binary has done that yes. <laughs> in a different way. Yes. Like, because I think humans and in society, we love a label. We, we love it, it. It allows people to kind of understand a bit easier. Yeah. Even though half the time they don't understand <laughs> right now because they're like, oh, you're this. It doesn't make sense. But now I'm at the point where I'm comfortable enough to like say that I reject it all, like reject yeah. the idea of what what gender is, these constructs that have been created. And it's not the same for everyone. Mm. And for people that are trans, the binary is very important because it, it's a sense of belonging. Yeah. And, and that's very important. And I'm not rejecting, I'm not saying... I mean, I'd love to say we throw the binary out the window and everyone mm. just be themselves. Like yeah. that's that's my um, ideal. I unrealistic, perhaps, mm. but that's what I would love. So for me, I'm like, okay, I reject the idea of the binary. One day I can feel like I'm I want to dress or be in a certain way, and another day I want to wear a dress. Like mm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's where I'm at now. I kind of reject reject the um, the notion of like even categorizing myself. I'm just like me. Yeah, and actually, it's a it's, very long-winded way to get there, but no, but because <laughs> well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you want to reject it all, but when you are like a kind of early visible version of something, an early visible version in pop culture today, mm -hmm. it is. I wonder if for you, it's like, but then it's also quite useful for people if I say if I do label myself because when you had that conversation with Ginny, for example, so many people got in touch with you. And totally. were like, finally, I can understand who I am. Yeah, totally. And and I think 
any if anything makes someone feel better in themselves and more comfortable that's that's incredible mm. the the issue is now when the other side of finding it that it's like taking their rights away or they're not understanding it and it's if they take a minute they're like is it actually affecting me why mm. am i so angry and irate and writing messages of hate to people online like what is it about these people that are making so hate about someone else living how they want to live mm. like do we are we just lacking human empathy now i feel like we are going a bit backwards with mm. with the more conversations happening we it feels like we're going backwards in in how society treats people the rise in homophobia is is a huge issue recently at the two brewers yeah. and even since then there's been a lot more hate crimes happening in london yeah. we're at a point where the safe safety for queer people is a problem and that's that's someone who's who's gay and we feel like homo homosexuality is more accepted so anyone that's even more different than in that like it finding yeah. that sense it's terrifying when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What I feel like I see is people who present in a way that isn't immediately discernible is when that when anger comes about. Mm -hmm. Although that's not quite true when we're talking about the two brewers attack, for example. When I discuss and I talk about my experience with gender and how I, when I talk about the binary that's existed and how it has created a difficult place for everyone to mm. live, you know? Like whether your experience as a, a, a woman or a man whatever that is the the what the society has created has made it difficult even looking at and trying to dissect and understand why it is that men when their football team loses a football match then domestic violence increases by 50% why is that because men can't are, are taught and not to show any form of emotion because that is feminine or weaker or sensitive because femininity is seen as weaker in society. And if we were to be able to have these conversations properly and because there's so many, so much to take away from it. I think one of the things that I experience is the root of why it's confusing for everybody. So I was talking to a trans friend of mine who was saying, they were talking about pronouns on emails mm -hmm. and saying that they were saying potentially that isn't necessarily that helpful. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I thought it was great. And they were saying, because most people do not hear, do not understand the, the gender thing. 
when I was a kid, I remember I would hear someone like behind me in a shop talking to their own child being like, oh, let the little boy out the way. And I'd be like, oh, they're talking about me. Like I just didn't <laughs> understand it. And it wasn't anything. It didn't actually eat me up inside. I was just no. like, hmm, don't get that. And I think that we're always going to struggle because I don't think most people feel like that. I don't think they get it. They're just like, I'm a man. I'm happy to be a man. And I'm talking about their gender. They're happy with their sex. And so what we are asking for, talking about, is so abstract. And I don't know how you educate people on that. Well, I think like that, well, the idea, the analogy of like, I'm a man and I'm comfortable being a man. Um, but then why do you get so angry about a rainbow flag? Like, yeah. What it is about these rainbow flags that are making you feel so angry? If you're so comfortable in that, then mm. this conversation shouldn't affect you. Like if someone else is saying that this is their experience, there's eight billion plus people on this planet. Mm. If everything was just black and white, it would just be so boring. Mm. I think the fact that we we are able to live in a world where there is so much more. And, and if you look back in history and cultures, like Native Americans had different ideas what gender was mm. it's all over the world in different places there's there's people have seen people as a third gender and and understood that and accepted it but mm. i think the widespread society doesn't doesn't see or understand that gender is has been created yeah sex is is the bio, biological but gender is is what we become or what the, what society creates you know yeah yeah and then you find fashion like as in, you know, and I'm not surprised the fashion world embraced you from the word go because that's always been much more fluid and so much more interesting as a result. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's work to be done, mm. but fashion has always been about going against the conventions mm. and, and and they've definitely... And think about people like Bowie and, and Prince yeah. and, and Grace Jones and I always use them as references because why were they accepted? Yes. Like, why was Bowie this absolute and obviously totally talented? I I love Bowie. Yeah. But why was it okay for them <laughs> yeah. to dress in this way? And people say it's okay. Like it was fine. Well, I, do, just a question. I think it was a slight, maybe Julian clarification mm. because it's like he can do that. He can do that on a stage, but it's not happening in my house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and actually, if you get bigger and glitterier and more pvc mm. and there's wings and a hat then it's so outside of people's everyday life including my own you know like that we're all performing gender but when it comes to you and music and we're talking about bowie just then like how did you choose to present yourself in that way did you because i imagine you wanted to be like moving away from drag race but also yeah and with with music i think um it's an outlet where you can kind of spill out your heart, mm. get into a place of darkness, euphoria, grief, sadness, whatever you want to feel, and then perform that on stage. Um, I like, I would always be on stage. Like I love being on stage and putting a look together and dressing up. And I think something that I've struggled with since is this idea of like having to be put in a box. Because mm -hmm. I'm very much like inspired by a lot of people that kind of created personas and this idea of like creating character and and I think like that's yet to come with mm -hmm. what I want to do because I felt like there's been a bit of conversation and and of people like having to understand what I look like and and but then I've always been a bit of a chameleon when it comes mm. to what I want to do so it's about staying true to that 
So I'm definitely like in a weird artistic space right now where I'm figuring out how I want to more so present myself moving forward with music. Because I was really surprised by Birdie, you know, the singer Birdie. Mm -hmm has come back and looks completely different. I was like, that's Birdie, yeah. you know what I mean? Like she's obviously decided that's where she wants to go next. And I, I think that's amazing. But I do know what you mean that like, they want you to be on the cover of dot, dot, dot. And yeah. it's like, oh, it's Bimini. Yeah. But then, okay, Gaga. Yeah. Well, this is- Always looked different, but it was an energy. I think right now in music, everything's changed since Gaga came out. Right. Um, in 15 years, streaming has taken over and it's less about the artist in the sense of like how they look, how they present the kind of real, like the full package ideal. Oh. I think it's more just about like, yeah, creating, getting the song and the music out there. And I think Ray is a good example of someone that's right. broken away from that and has kind of become the artist because yes. that was something that was lacking with her her whole career she was always said that she was just a renter vocal and that was put on these dance songs and no one really knew that ray was ray and right. actually if you heard about 10 of ray's old songs you'd be like that's Ray. i didn't know yeah, that yeah. like ray never got the outlet to do that and now mm. she does and i think i hope we move into that again like where it's, it's the full package of the artist because i do think that that that's when the greats are there, you know? Mm. Like you look at the the best performers of all time and they had something about them that completed everything. Whereas I think that's that's something that's in music that we're really lacking right now. Well, there's, do you know Diana Gordon? Yeah. Like, I feel like she's like that. Like yeah. she's on so many tracks, yeah, yeah, but yeah. she never... The voices kind of get put on and then they never get to kind of... Yeah. And maybe sometimes they don't want to. Like yeah. maybe people don't want to do that. But her I think... voice is unbelievable. Yeah. And it's really funny because then Emanike was saying online, like I've always wanted to work with her. And I've always been like, that woman's voice is incredible. Yeah. Why isn't she an artist? But like you say, maybe she doesn't want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can ask her. And then, but this new music, which I love, is so like it's dance music, right? And it's where was what was the inspiration behind it? Like what were you I think it was a lot of the era that I grew up in and like yeah. late 90s, early noughties, like kind of inspired. And some because obviously the, my EP has got six tracks, but I've done so much music before, even before that EP. And I've got so much more music now yeah. and it feels like it's been a long time, like 15 months later. Mm. It's finally out in the world. But there's a lot more to come with, with music. And like Madonna's my number one right pop diva right yeah. and she never fits in the box for too long no. when it comes to her music and that's what i love about her like she's always experimenting because mm -hmm. i feel like i always want to progress with everything i do i never want to feel like i'm going backwards or staying staying still or stagnant but I, I i love the ep and when i hear it now i'm like oh i was very very depressed at that point <laughs> <laughs> but we, at the time we were calling it like sad bangers and yeah. like depression with a beat because it was like me spilling my heart out about heartbreak and and being quite vulnerable but yeah, new music's a lot happier. <laughs> well, because now you're in a new relationship, right? So you're yeah. in a more positive space, would that be? And what? so what is coming next? I feel like Adele, you know, when Adele's like, <laughs> I'm going to have to split up with my husband and be like, right, babe, I need a new album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to go back in that. I'm, I'm in a good space with the music. What's, what's the question? <laughs> so what, what's the next? What? Please, God, still be sad bangers. But, you know, you've got to do what you want to do. Yeah. But I love well, the sad the, bangers. Well, the track that the... There's, I've got a few under the belt that I want to put out. There's a track that I did last year, early, early 2022, called Hit Me With Your Heartbeat. And it's oh, very, nice. 
inspired by Robin and that uh, kind of like crying on the dance floor vibe. Yeah. Um, and I want to put that out there because it's actually, the, like I said, I've got so much music. Weirdly enough today, I've got a meeting with my publishers uh, this evening to go through because I've got so much and I've done so much and then we've only got six songs out. <laughs> and right. I'm like, we, we want to go through everything and be like, okay, we shelved that a year and a half ago, two years ago, but there's something there. Let's get back in the studio. Great. And I'm excited to open up that can of worms. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the John Lewis Christmas ad. Yeah. And the <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bublé Christmas album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you and Boobs can do a, yeah. <laughs> an album together. <laughs> well, yeah. I've got Prides this week and then I'm performing with Self-Esteem, who I absolutely adore. Amazing. Yeah. I want to get Self-Esteem to do a daily reminder with me. Uh, how long have you been doing your daily reminders for? <laughs> do you know what it was, right? And this is the thing with social media and TikTok and, every, TikTok and everything <laughs> is people, it's the bare minimum. And I'm not saying the daily reminders <laughs> are the bare minimum, but I was doing a whole day of content yeah. for about eight hours doing like, had a list of stuff like, well, we need to film this, we need to film this. And then I went, I'm just going to film this quickly and did like, this is your daily reminder. If at first you don't succeed, fuck it off. Two million on TikTok, it blew up. And I was wow. like, right, that took me six seconds to Great. do. Great, we'll have more And then I was like, these are fun. Like, I like creating them. And I tried to sit down. I feel like my brain's just all over the place. I try and sit down and write some out. I get like one or two. And then they just normally just out of the out of the blue, I'll just be like, oh, I'm going to do that and then yeah. film it. But I've been, been enjoying doing them and actually seeing people's reactions and, and people are enjoying it too. It's just a fun thing to do. Like a fun... They're great. They're just a bit sassy. And I, I like, I came from a yoga background when I studied yoga years ago mm. and I was always into that. But there was an element of like, a bit of like, okay, I have to look past the bullshit a bit, you know? Because yes. a lot of the time it's very like earnest and and holier than hell and i think like we're humans and we mess up and yes imperfection is beauty and i think if you can not take it too seriously i think there's beauty in that yeah because you called yourself an imperfectionist right yes. <laughs> i love that it's uh but also like yoga and that world i always feel like i'm failing at it like i've got like my leg halfway around my head being like i'm doing this wrong yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> and it's i love those little daily reminders you do yeah they're cute i like what's today's I got one today. I think it's this is your daily reminder. Have a smile, stop being moody, raise a glass and shake your booty. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I think I was like writing a couple earlier, but yeah, I think that's it. God save Bimini is all I can say. Did you enjoy that? Get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com at homosapiens on Instagram. Next week, we've got a very exciting episode. We are lifting the curtain on the first ever queer magazine I got my mitts on, Attitude. We've got Cliff Yuanu and Darren Stiles. The editor-in-chief is Cliff and owner of Attitude is Darren Stiles. Are coming to Homo Sapiens Tower and we're going to have a whole deep dive on their lives, which are fascinating, but also the history of that magazine is fascinating. If you remember, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, it was considered like a top shelf magazine. And now it's become this kind of scion of culture. They've got awards and has been so pivotal in so many people's LGBT lives coming out, all of that. It's really fascinating. So um, I'm really looking forward to you all hearing that. Uh, in the meantime, at Homo Sapiens on Instagram, at Homo Sapiens Podcast on Facebook, comments, questions, agony, uncles, agony, uncles, agony, uncles, send them. Hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast.com. Stay delightful. This has been wonderful. Bye. <laughs>
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.